this morning. It's a short one. The supreme treasure in life, the supreme treasure in life, the supreme treasure in life is your service. But you never thought that your service was uh, a treasure. It's a treasure unto God. He values it as you work or serve him in some capacity. Glory to God. Are we ready for this morning? Put your seat belts on. We're going to go. Father, we praise you. Just give you thanks, Lord, as we look to this word this morning, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that our eyes of understanding may be open, Father God, that we have receptive hearts, Father God, and Father God, that which we hear and that's what we read, Father God. Father God, we will benefit from, in Jesus' precious name, amen. amen. Well, this is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad that Psalms 118, verse 24. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Psalms 122, 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, whose Health is, uh, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, Amen. who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercy, who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Psalms 103, verses 1 through 5. Glory to God. What a great and wonderful God we have. He has provided such great blessings to his children. Amen. Glory to God. As believers, we should be honored to have an inheritance that is second to none. What a waste it is to have all the blessings of God available and not honor them or acknowledge them. What a waste if we don't acknowledge them or honor them. The enemy of our souls knows that his time is short. It's about to expire. So he's seeking to steal, kill, and destroy any hope for mankind. The, attacks, the attack on the church and true believers has never been so great and intense. Compromise, apathy, and departing from, from the faith are things that seem to be the rule of the day in these last days. Compromise is rarely an accident or a mistake. Let me say that again. Compromise is rarely an accident or a mistake. It is usually a deliberate course that seeks to define our life on our terms. So compromise, we want it to work for our terms or, or our conditions. When it comes to politics, counseling, marriage, raising children, and settling disputes between people, whether they are friends or 
complete stranger. Compromise is a good tool in that area. Compromise says that neither party gets what they want, but both give something in in order to advance what is the best for all interest. That's the positive side of compromise. But there's a destructive side of compromise that uh, you don't want to experience. It's when we know the truth and it's mixed up with less, lesser issues, desires or causes, that it becomes dangerous. So when, when we compromise, the truth is mixed or diluted. Compromise is, a tri is tricky because it can offer what is genuinely good, but in exchange for it, it demands that you give up what is best. Hmm. Let me read that again. Compromise is tricky because it can afford, pardon me, it can offer what is genuinely good, but in exchange, it demands that you give up what is best. One, we compromise when we want to gain favor, favorable opinions sometimes. You'll compromise. Oh, you know, I'll do that because I'll get a good, you know, somebody give me a good, good opinion. We compromise when we think it will prevent a loss. Well, if I do this, I won't lose that, so we compromise. We compromise in order to avoid uh, perse persecution. So uh, let's look at that one. Let's go to Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, chapter 14. That's Proverbs chapter 14. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Isn't the word wonderful? Proverbs chapter 14, looking at verse 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are always are the ways of death. Well, from the Amplified it reads, there is a, there is a way which seems right to a man and appears right appears straight before him, but the end of its ways are death. That's compromise. That's compromise. Proverbs 16, verse 25. That's Proverbs 16, 25. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Sounds premier, doesn't it? Uh, from uh, the Amplified. Proverbs 16, 25. There is a way which seems right to a man and appears straight before him, but at the end of its ways of death. Wow. See, compromise always begins at an acceptable level. Compromise begins at an acceptable level. But once accepted, the trap is set. Again, compromise always begins with an acceptable level. But once accepted, the trap is set. It leads to a quick downward spiral slide that can't be avoided. Well, some of us hope you never 
been compromised and found yourself in that position. Compromise by compromise begins with looking long. Let's go all the way back to the first book of the Bible, which is Genesis. In Genesis chapter 3, we find that Abraham or Abram and Lot uh, will part company. Uh, and Abraham and Lot speak together and they're, they are they're looking over the plains and, and Lot sees, oh, look at that lush, green countryside down there. It's right, and it's close to a town. Sodom. I'm go. I'll take that. I'll take that. And Abraham, Abraham said, "Choose what you you choose, and then I'll go the opposite way." So, hey, uh, there needs to be a separation. And Lot see and, and Lot sees the plains of Sodom. It says, it looks so good that it could accommodate accommodate his future plans. So he made the move. So there was a good compromise. The, 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 both shepherd or the shepherd or the sheep, there was a conflict between the men. And so they said, we got we to make a change here. So Lot says, he sees a good, good, good land. He says, hey, that's, that's a good one. I, I can accommodate myself. There's a town there and things will go good. Uh, then we see in chapter 14, you, you, it reads the, the uh, war of the kings. Lot and family are taken captives along with the wealth and the people and the cities of the plains. So Lot is now under captivity. And Uncle Abraham comes to his aid and rescues him. And he gets back everything that was taken from him. That is Lot. But Lot returns to live in the plains of Sodom. This, this is still my plans. There's something just that was just a hiccup. Not going to bother me. Then we see in chapter. Or yeah, Genesis chapter 19. We see here that uh, Lot moves from the plains of Sodom to abide in the city of the city of Sodom and become sort of a magistrate. In other words, uh, he's, highly he's a highly respected elder of the city of Sodom. Now, at some point, Lot doesn't see the moral corruption and the ruin of the city. Compromise will woo, woo you further into complacency as you find peace in your compromise. Let me read that again. Compromise will woo you further into complacency as you find peace in your compromise. Lot further compromise, lots further compromise so to gain favor opinions of men. That's how he got, that's how he got that job at the city gate as a magistrate. 
Compromise, ruined, com compromise will ruin good judgment. Compromise will ruin good judgment. It builds your pre it blind pardon me. It blinds your perception and ability to know the truth. Compromise blinds your perception and ability to know the truth. Lot was willing, as we see later, uh, Lot was willing to give his daughters to an immoral mob. Once a Christian, once your Christian witness is not accepted, it's voided out by people. Once your Christian uh, witness is not acceptable, it's voided out. The consequences of compromise is that one step outside, the consequences of compromise is that yet you step outside the umbrella of God. Now, we looked at a lot. There's other individuals in, in the Word of God that we can uh, see where compromise came up. Can anybody give me a, a name? Good, thank you. Saul, he compromised. Another one. Solomon, good. Hey, we're coming up. David. David. Samson did. All compromise. And it wrecked, all of it, all compromise wrecked our lives. You just see the behavior went down. So, we need to put an X mark on compromise when, when, when it comes to you, unless it's a good compromise, like I said, when, if it's in counseling or something that you, come, you have to compromise. But don't compromise your uh, beliefs in the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. Another word, another one that uh, we want to look at. Uh, I said there was, a, besides uh, compromise, I said there was apathy. Apathy. Apathy is a major problem confronting Christians today. Now, a lot of Christians already compromised, but this is another step. This is another downward step, okay? Apathy is a major problem confronting Christians today. Apathy means a lack of emotion or interest. Having an indifference, a listless condition, lethargy. And, un, and being unconcerned. We cannot be lazy and apathetic towards the things of God. Uh, there was a recent study uh, showing that what is taking place in the religious world today indicate a deep decline in church attendance because of apathy. You, know, you look back uh, five or ten years ago, and churches were bustling and rustling around, and now a lot of churches are becoming decimated because of apathy. Apathy is an indication towards spiritual things. What's wrong with apathy? Well, let's see what Proverbs, right after Proverbs is the book of It starts with an E. Ecclesiastics. So find the book of Ecclesiastics with me. 
right after Proverbs. This is what apathy does. Because you're lazy, you're apathetic. That's Ecclesiastes chapter 10, and we will look at verse 18. By much slothfulness the building decayeth, and through idleness of the hands the house droppeth through. From the Amplified, through indolence and rafters of state affairs, the decay and the roof sinks in, and through idleness of the hands the house leaks. Things, things fall apart when there's apathy. Um, apathy also is a great waster. Let's go back to uh, Proverbs, and this time we'll go to Proverbs chapter 18. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Proverbs 18, looking at verse 9. He that is slothful in his work is a brother to him that is a great waster. That's apathy. From the Amplified, we'll read that. He who is loose and slack in his work is a brother to him who is a destroyer. And he who does not use his endeavors to heal himself is a brother to him who commits suicide. So apathy is banned. It says that you're, you're, you're hurting yourself when we get into apathy. So we don't want to have compromise, and neither do we want apathy. Um, apathy today in churches, uh, apathy means that you're neglecting the services. Uh, that brings discouragement to the weak and influences others to be absent. When apathy affects a congregation, when apathy affects a congregation, spiritual needs are, are not met. Because as, as a body and a unit, we work together, but if we're not working as a unit, spiritual needs are not met. When apathy sets in, the work of taking the gospel to the lost and dying world almost comes to a standstill. Nobody wants to go out. Nobody wants to share the good news of the gospel. That's apathy. Well, I've got, I've got the Lord, you know, I've got my fire insurance. Nobody, I don't need to help anybody else. Apathy will hinder and destroy the quality of worship. Apathy will hinder and destroy the quality of worship. In order for, in order for worship to be acceptable, God, it must come from the heart. Let's go to John chapter 4. In John chapter 4. Look, this is, this is where apathy is completely destroys worship. Uh, John chapter 4, looking at verse 23. 
But the hour cometh now, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such as to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So apathy means not to, uh, to be indifferent, be a listless. So the song service or the worship uh, to God is just, oh, well, you know, just a song. It's, oh, it's that song. It doesn't have any meaning to me. You know, it's, that's apathy. We are bad, and we're in bad shape. Uh, when singing, every Christian should make a melody in his heart unto the Lord. Let's go to the book of Ephesians. This is what, what Ephesians tells us. The book of Ephesians chapter 5. Look at this. This is singing. This is, this, is, oh, this is not apathy. That's Ephesians chapter 5, looking at verse 19. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's what... If we're not making melody in our heart to the Lord, we are in apathy. We're, we're falling down. Let's look at that a little bit further. Let's go past the book of... Philippians, right after Philippians is the book of Colossians. Let's look, go to Colossians 3. That's Colossians chapter 3. Verse 16. Colossians 3, 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Amen. Teaching and admonishing one another in, well how? Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Oh, glory to God. That's not apathy. That's, that's giving grace to God. But are we singing, I'll put it this way, is the church today in apathy? I would say majority of them are. They don't enjoy. I mean, uh, we don't, we don't like to sing that many songs. We want to get out of here quick. Okay, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I don't like singing songs. It's, it's repetitive. Well, what are you going to do in heaven if you were to be selected to be in the choir and just sing, holy, 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 holy. That's going to be repetitive through eternity. The angels are singing it. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And you are, I don't, oh, this is getting repetitive. I don't like this. That's apathy. Guess what happened? Somebody had apathy. The first choir director. Lucifer had apathy. I want it for me, not, not God. That's apathy. When, you're not, when we're not doing things for God, that means we're doing it for self. That's apathy. And apathy will get you in big trouble. Think about it. Oh, how about this? Well, let's go to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. This is a favorite scripture of mine. Acts chapter 17. 
So apathy, we don't have apathy because we have singing in our heart to God. We, we worship Him in spirit and in truth. Glory to God. What else should we do? During the service, during the ministering of the Word of God, you as believers need to search the Scriptures. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. We, these are more noble than those in Thessalonica. In that they receive the word with all readiness of mind and search the scriptures daily with whether those things were so. You need to search the scriptures. You, can, you shouldn't sit there. Well, well, I heard the preacher say, you know, that this. No, you need to open your Bibles, read along, make sure it's true. Search the scriptures. Don't just take things uh, for granted because somebody's in front of you that has. Uh, a $500 or $1,000 suit and, uh, and, and has perfect diction and is charismatic. And they're saying, you know, you can do this, you can do that. We need to praise Allah because Allah and our God are the same. Hey, people are going, going following that hook, line, and sinker. That's apathy. You're not checking the word of God. Oh, glory to God. How about in prayer? During prayer, every Christian should listen carefully in order to say amen. What does amen mean? So be it. All right. That's found in 1 Corinthians, chapter 1 Corinthians, chapter 14. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Chapter 14. Verse 16, that's, uh, we're talking about every Christian should listen carefully and be able to say amen or glory to God when something's said right. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, looking at verse 16. Else when thou shalt bless the Spirit, how shall he that occupies the room of the unlearned say amen at thy, at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understands not what thou sayest? So those that uh, don't understand are not going to say amen. There's not going to be shouts, hallelujah, glory to God, it's true. <laughs> Hosanna. No, you find them, well, we have apathy because we're, you can't do that in church. Well, God, God doesn't just hear one person at a time. So he hears us all. Some of us are moaning and groaning. Others, others are giving him praise. You, who do you think he's going to accept more? He's going to accept those that are praising him. God likes those believers who, are, who have the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. Glory to God. <laughs> How about Second Corinthians chapter nine? Uh, chapter nine. Yes, yeah, Second Corinthians chapter nine. Oh, look at this one! You need to jump up and down. Glory to God. Hallelujah.
That's 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're talking about apathy now. We don't want apathy in, in our song services, in our, in our reading of the word or praying. We need, we need to have what? A joyful heart. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. You found that, that location. Let's look at verse, begin with verse 6. But I say, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according to his purpose in his heart, let him give not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. We need to give. Thank you, Lord. It's a time that I give my tithes and offerings. And when I give my tithes and offerings, it becomes a what? Seed. Seed, what else? Covenant right. You have a covenant right. When you do that, that means the Lord has to do something. It's a covenant right when you give it. I like all your, all your uh, words. It's right. It's a covenant blessing. It's a covenant right that you have. And we have to be rejoicing. Glory to God. As I give, God's going to give back. More than I gave. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Press down. <laughs> what does the 23rd Psalm say? A cup runneth over in the presence of my enemies. That means the enemy is going to say, I, you're supposed to be doing bad, but your cup's running over. You're being blessed. Why? Because you have covenant rights. Glory to God. See, when, when we have apathy, we put God in second place in our lives. I'm more important, God. The things I need, the things I want, are more important than what you need or, or what you want to be done. Apathy comes about when something is, has taken priority over God. Whoa! How many in the church have apathy? Apathy is a sin because it manifests itself. When one's priorities are misplaced. Oh, the church. Well, what does it say in the, what, what does it say about the church? And apathy. Oh, oh. shall we look? Revelation chapter 2. Three out of the seven churches in Asia were plagued with apathy. Three out of seven. Revelation chapter 2. Verse 4, Nevertheless, I have some, somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. That's apathy. You're putting yourself above it. Remember, therefore, verse 5, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come quickly to thee, and I will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Wow, apathy. We need to. If you're if you're in apathy anywhere, we need you need you need to, and I need to repent. Oh man, Revelation chapter three, verse one. That's Revelation three one, and unto the angel of the church of Sardis write: These things saith 
These things says he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, and thou hast, name, hast a name that thou livest and art dead. But, but be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Your works are not perfect. That means there's apathy. You're not doing the job we're called to do. Verse 3, Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Wow. Having apathy means that Things could get bad. You'll miss out. We read about the ten virgins. Five are ready and five were not. Five didn't have oil. Why? Because they, were, they had apathy. They didn't go out and get what they needed to get. They said, well, I've got time. How many, how many people do you know says, I've got time? If you're leading them to the Lord, I, you know, I don't believe, I, I'll pray I'll pray it next time. Sometimes, a lot of times, they don't get it next time. Today is a day of salvation. Do it now. And of course, you know, there's some of us that thought we could, you know, I'll wait. I waited a long time. Well, not real long, but I waited at least a year. That was bad news. Any time in that year, the devil could have took me, took me out. And I wouldn't be where I would want to be. You don't want to be a sidekick with, with the devil down there. Wow. Okay, we're, we were in Revelation chapter 3, right? Let's go to verse uh, 16, 7. Uh, 16. So then thou hast become lukewarm. Oh, oh that's apathy. It's not doing, being hot. Verse 16, so then, thou, so then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, I have need of nothing. And thou knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable, poor, blind, and naked. That's what apathy will get you. In hot water, not, not Luke water, but hot water, the wrong type, okay. Okay, we mentioned compromise, apathy. These are all shown to be in the last days that we're living in. Let's go to 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy. And 1 Timothy, chapter 4. thing we want to look at now is departing from the faith. Departing from the faith. Uh-oh. No wonder I'm not... Okay. That's First Timothy chapter 4. Beginning verse 1. Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times, the day that we're living in, 
Shall, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to be abstained from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Hallelujah. For every creature, verse 4, for every creature of God is good and nothing uh, to be refused if he receive it with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. So, departing from the faith. Uh, the causes are false prophets that will arise and lead many astray. Let's go to Matthew chapter 24. That's Matthew chapter 24. Oh, man. We don't want to be in these conditions. Matthew chapter 24. And here's where some Christians get tied up. Matthew chapter 24, looking at verse 10 and 11. And then shall many be offended. How many times do you get offended a day? Uh -uh. And shall betray one another and shall hate one another. How many, how many Christians do you know that way? And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. Wow, false prophets and offenses will... Wow. Offenses will what? That's departing from the faith because what does it say? We should not judge lest we be judged. Oh my. Let's go to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 13 this time. In Mark chapter 13. Look at, we're living in this day. Mark 11. Mark 13, 22. Verse 22, for false Christ and false prophets shall arise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. You know, the elect is the born-agains, the believers. But if the elect is not careful, they can get into compromise, which will lead into apathy, which will lead into departing of the faith. That's how, that's how they depart from the faith. Let's go to uh, the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, we see chapter 20. That's Acts chapter 20. Glory to God. I like all that noise out there. Glory. Or maybe silent and stunned this morning. Acts chapter 20. Paul writes. This is right after Paul wrote, and look what he says. Acts chapter 20, beginning with verse 29. For I, for I know this, that after my departing shall grieving, uh, grievous wolves enter among you, not sparing the flock. Also your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Wow, it's happening. 
That's how the cults get started. It's a deliberate disguise to move the trust from the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, following the Lord, to doing other things. Let's go back to 1 Timothy. And we'll see something here. 1 Timothy chapter 1. First Timothy chapter 1. Deliberately turning people from following the Lord. Oh, let's start with verse 3. As I besought thee to abide still in Ephesus when I went to Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine, Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith. So do. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and a good conscience and faith unrefrained. From which some have swerved having turned aside from aside unto vain janglings. From the Amplified it says... But certain individuals have missed the mark on this very matter and have wandered away in vain arguments and discussions and purpose, purposeless talk. So the swerving from good conscience, they swerve from good conscience. Oh, this, that, you know, they argue about it and then they, they fall into the trap and follow different things. Still, are you still there? Chapter... Let's go down to uh, uh, verse 19 of cha chapter 1 in First Timothy. Holding faith and good conscience, which some have put away concerning the faith, made shipwreck. So uh, we see here that they put away faith and it shipwrecked their faith. So some are shipwrecked because they put away their faith. Wow, I don't want to, I don't want to understand that. I, you know, that's not for me today. That was written in the Old Testament. It doesn't apply to me. Or, you know, that type of thing. They put away their faith. It ships rakes them. First uh, Timothy chapter five. In First Timothy chapter five, look at verse 15. First Timothy chapter five. For some already turned aside after Satan. Wow! Some believers know it, have stopped following the Lord and now follow Satan. Remember, Satan comes as an angel of light and he deceives many Christians. Well, you can do this. I didn't, God didn't mean to do that. Look how he deceived Adam and Eve or Eve to begin with. Did God say, isn't it great? So... They go after Satan. How many, you got these witches covens and all that type of stuff. Some are praying against uh, our president. No. They stray after, they're straying after Satan. Uh, chapter, 1 Timothy chapter 6. 
Verse 10, look at this one. Oh, this is causing us to depart from the faith. That's 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some covet after, they have erred from the faith. Just money, finances, success. They are wanting it so much that they will drop their faith and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. I tell you what, uh, there are some people that have money, money. I mean, you know, if, we, if any of us had half that money, we'd be dancing all over the place. But they are, they are sick, delusional, corrupt, evil, and wicked. Look in the political scene, you'll see them. They got a lot of money, or wanting more money. They do th evil things to gain power. They wander away from the truth because they want that money, that power. First Timothy chapter 6, looking at verse 21. Which some professing have erred concerning the faith. Verse 21 from the Amplified. For making such professions, some have erred, missed the mark as regard, regards the faith. Grace, divine favor, and blessing be with you all. Amen. So some are swerving from the faith. How many, how many, we could look, look within friends that have, we know individuals who were, maybe you led them to the Lord, and they were so happy to be, be in God's house and, and doing right things, and something happened. God blessed them, and pretty soon they started doing things on Sunday and, and stretching it out, and pretty soon they forgot about God. And what did God say in the Old Testament? When you come into the land, when you are prosperous, when you are successful, remember me. Don't forget me. Because if you forget him, the devil's going to take you, take you out, and you will we'll deny the faith. And these individuals say, well, you know, yeah, I used to be strong in that, but, you know, I've, I've you know, I'm doing well. You know, I'm still born again. I got my fire insurance. But I got a life to live, you know. Everybody else is doing it. Other Christians are doing it. You know, it must not be bad. Hey, it says the road to hell is wide and many go into it. The path that leads to heaven is narrow. I want us to go with the people that are narrow, right. narrow-minded in, in God, right. and not go, go with the crowd that's Amen. going to lead you to, to hell. So how did this falling away happen? One, the cause is demon, demon, demonic lies. They, uh, they devote themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of devils. Oh, you know that. You know it's not bad. I mean, you know, God and and Allah are good. So you know. 
Hey, that's, that, that's a lie of the devil right there. It's going to take them straight to hell. Um, false teachers will uh, lead them uh, with their in or their sincerity of, of their lies. Well, that's all right, you know. So-and-so is doing it. They're, they wrote, wrote four or five books, and it's all right to follow them because they wrote a good book, and they're telling us we can go this direction. Hey, hang it up. It says also in, in Acts chapter six, uh, 24, 16, it says, they had a seared conscience because they have put off God so much. I don't want to do that. They have a seared conscience. We need to always have a clean conscience. Act, let's go to that. Acts chapter 24. Acts chapter 24. This is, this is what it, we were supposed to do. Acts 20, chapter 24. Verse 16. This is what Paul says. We need to do the same. And therein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense towards God and towards men. You can't have offense towards God or men. Oh, that's hard. But we've got to have a clear, clean conscience. It says of men, that means we have to watch ourselves. Don't judge another person. Then another cause is distorted gospel message. That's where the cults come in. They distort things. Well, this is, this is what God really means. They say, well, we, we got, and they have their own Bibles, and they have their own concordances, and they have their own uh, how can you, they, then they look at, the, look into the Greek and the Hebrew, and, the, and, and it's different, but they change the, the meaning there even to, to falsify their opinions. And people are just going to hell with them. No good. These, these tragic realities will come because people choose to. People choose to compromise. They choose to be apathetic. And then they decline, de deny the faith. This is to be expected in these last days. Jesus said it would happen. Since we're in that neighborhood, let's go all the way back to 1 John. First John, look at look what Jesus said. Oh, well, through John, he says it. The book of First John, chapter two. First John, chapter two. First John, chapter two. Beginning with verse eighteen. Verse 18, 1 John chapter 2, 18. Little children, it is, it is the last time. John says this in his day. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Verse 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not 
all of us. In other words, there are some people that are, that are said that they're Christians, but they're not. This is what John said. This is, this is in the last days. Let's now turn to the book of Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said it. These things are going to happen. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verse, beginning with verse 21, look what Jesus said, or says, Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have we not cast out devils? And in thy, in thy name done wonderful works? And then, verse 23, and then I profess, profess, profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me that work in iniquity. So there are some that have been among us that have departed to faith. faith. That's heavy. Matthew, Mark, and now Luke chapter 8 with our final one. Prepare that, that, that DVD. Mark chapter, or pardon me, Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, let's look at verse 13. And they on the rock are they which, when they heard, received the word with joy. I mean, know that a lot of people receive the word with joy. Glory to God, hallelujah. And these have no root, uh-oh, for which, for why I believe in a time of temptation fall away. Many were happy to have it, but then all of a sudden something happened. Oh, no, God, God is not right because he, he let me go through that and all that type of stuff. They fall away. That's not where you want to be. God tells us as believers to hold fast, continue in the faith, endure and, ab and abide. As believers, we have the promises of God. We are a new creation, heirs and joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ, and we have, a, and we have the song of the redeemed. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Listen up. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. That's a portion of Galatians 2.16. And then in verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me. Threat or three distractions. All right, anybody need prayer? Okay, let's all stand. Father, we're praising you and we're giving you thanks. For this is the day that you have made, Father God, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Glory to God. I thank you, Lord, that you've so blessed us, Father God. 
to have the living word, Father God, given to us, Father God, that we might grow and mature in it, Father. We, we praise you. We just give you thanks. And Father God, uh, we lift up those, Father God, that will be traveling on this weekend, Father God. We're thanking, Lord, that they return home safely, Father God. And Father, we ask now, Lord, that as we go our separate ways, Father God, that we can be a blessing, Father God, to those that we come in contact with. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Amen.